0: Hi everyone, welcome to Beer and Bunce. This is episode 40 and today I am joined by my good friend Alex. Say hello.
1: Hello everybody.
0: <laughs> that, that seemed a bit difficult already, that's a good start. Right, so before we uh, find out what cretin I've got involved this time, uh, we'll move straight on to our tried and tested uh, for this episode. So this episode, um, this beer sorry, it's not a particularly prominent beer to get hold of. Okay, So this is from Beaver Town. It was part of their, I think it was, no. this is the question, was it 7th or 9th year anniversary? Like the birthday thing. They basically did a load of different collaboration beers, a load of mm. different people. Uh, and this one I bought a few cans of because I quite like the style of beer. So I thought I'd give it a try and actually it's, I really enjoyed it. So yeah. it's a collaboration with Worldwide FM and it's called Bohemian IPL. So an IPL is an Indian pale lager for anybody who hasn't had one before. So it's still brewed like a normal IPA. It's just uh, brewed like when it's been fermented at the end. In the fermenters, it's doing it at a colder temperature for longer. So you kind of still get the IPA flavours, but with a bit more of a lager crispness. Okay. You're looking very... Christmas Crispness.
1: Crispness, not Christmas. Okay.
0: Okay, so... (laughs) Are you doing okay over there?
1: I'm grand. Right, well,
0: clearly you need some beer. So if you you want to have a swig and see what flavours you can pick up while I talk through the can. So it's 5.2%. With the kind of special can designs and stuff, they don't really put a lot of information about the beers in like what hops they've used or anything. But this is one that I've had previously and I really, really enjoy. Is there any particular flavour profiles that you're picking up?
1: Deliciousness.
0: De- deliciousness, is that all we're getting?
1: I've never had an IPL, I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, so, yeah, thank you for opening my horizons. Yes.
0: But it was, I think it was, um, oh, do I have to mention his name? It was Kev, um, <laughs> <laughs> who, yeah, you know, regular on the podcast. Um, he actually made one for like a before we started like brewing his own beer, like more mainstream he actually made one as an experiment and I loved it I thought it was really really nice mm. that's when I started trying different ones from different places there's one from Shindigger in Manchester that I really enjoyed as well but uh, they stopped making that one so when I do find an IPL that comes around because they're not particularly prominent I'll just try and grab a few cans yeah. of them and see what I can get so is there any particular flavours you can pick up at all or
1: it's quite citrusy I think Am I good at beer an- analysis? Welcome but, to Beer and Bants, <laughs> where Alex does not know how to talk about beer. I'd, I'd say there's, there is a citrusy
0: undertone to it, not massive. So it's like some of the ones with like citrus and stuff like that got a much more of a citrus like yeah. punch. Hasn't kind of got that level to, it, but there is it's a little ref- subtleness there.
1: Yeah. It's re- very refreshing, though.
0: Yeah, but that's the way. You, so you get that initial us straight from the start, and then because the way it's been lagered gives it that much smoother aftertaste. I for me, I think it's a nice balance for anybody who wants to get into craft beer. But some of the big hitting IPAs, like one we got coming up a little bit later, yeah, they can be really put people off because the flavour profiles are so strong. They can be a bit, little bit overpowering for when you're not really used to them. Yeah. So I think an IPL is a really good place to start. Mm. It's quite. It's very golden in colour. Slight little haze to it. Nothing massive, obviously, because of the way in which it's been fermented. So, um, But yeah, I think it's a really, really lightly balanced drink. A little bit of hoppiness, a little bit of citrus. Smooth on the aftertaste. All round perfect in the summer, which is beautiful for (laughs) a (laughs) January.
1: I could see myself sitting with a does it come in fours these no individuals individuals I think it's about
0: three pound a can nothing okay
1: well I could see myself sitting um, in front of the telly watching a lot of sport and just knocking these back <laughs> knocking them back with some maybe some peanuts
0: well obviously not peanuts for me because they well no me. we um, don't want to kill you yeah oh,
1: well. um
0: but yeah, that was the uh, Bohemian IPL from Beaverton. I say it was a collaboration with Worldwide FM. I don't think you can get it anymore, but if you can find a can anywhere, definitely grab it, give it a try. I think it's an absolute cracking beer. I'm hope- One, hopefully, that they'll do a bit more frequently. Banging. Uh, right, Alex. Hello. So, who are you and where do you come from?
1: Who am I? Um, so, my name's Alex and <laughs> I come from a beautiful. Sullen town called ne- Um I've never heard the words
0: beautiful and Nuneaton in the same sentence before. Well, yeah,
1: me- I am the only ta- like
0: streamed full <laughs> of uh, sarcasm.
1: I am the only talent to leave the town. Um, no, but only I can slag off where I'm from. Chris is not allowed to slag off. Oh, where still I'm still
0: going to do it anyway. I don't listen to what you say.
1: That's fine. Um, I don't really have. Um, an interesting life (laughs) I work in marketing um, of medical devices mostly breast implants and cosmetic surgery and Botox which Chris needs I don't well the Um, breast implants or you need a breast reduction Yeah,
0: I did did think that a little
1: bit of Botox though might just provide a bit of no just get get fatter
0: you don't need Botox (laughs)
1: natural collagen exactly
0: why spend a fortune on it enjoy yourself just get pissed it's
1: great it is. It is. Um, so that's that's what I do all day. Um, look at boobs. Yeah. Look at gnarly surgeries. Go into hospitals and see people's like guts all open and being mended without. I mean,
0: let's not put people off the beer too much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but without actually getting. Or being clever enough to ever get into medical school to actually go and do the job myself. So instead, what I do is I sell them the products to, uh, for the clever people to fix them.
0: So what got you into beer?
1: What got me into beer? Um, Shandy Bass at the Chippy, <laughs> aged eight, probably. What a beautiful thing. It's a classic. It is a classic. Um, and I thought I was really cool. And I think, I think most people did
0: when they're when they're in a younger. <laughs> I mean, Shandy Bass, I think, was predominantly very much more of a a Midland thing. But yeah, it had alcohol in 05 percent. But it you know, had alcohol in, It actually, wasn't that bad of taste either.
1: And that would that would be classed as an alcohol-free beer these know, days. Yeah. They wouldn't be selling that to you know mums of eight-year-olds in the chippy. But I was so thrilled when I had a Shandy Bass. <laughs> um, No, what actually got me into beer, apart from, you know, the classic uh, drinking it in a pub when you're like 16, 17, thinking, oh, I'm so hard, (laughs) Um, and actually really hating the taste of it and thinking this is actually horrible, but um, I don't want to admit defeat and drink like Bulmers cider. Uh, What's wrong with a
0: cider?
1: I love a cider, but I don't know, I just think the kind of red ciders that, used to get in bottles behind the bar before cider got cooler ah uh, you and mean the more- old
0: like woodpecker and strongbow
1: yeah strongbow
0: strongbow I mean strongbow is definitely an acquired taste I have no idea who actually has that taste to drink it um <laughs> it's just like Tips really. <laughs> I was
1: a, I was just about to say I'm pretty sure you could you know
0: degrease engines, strip it, yeah.
1: this furniture with with a can <laughs> of Strongbow. So, um,
0: I quite like a, a cider, so I don't want yeah. like you know the Thatcher's Gold, Aspals, those type of ones. Um, don't really drink Strongbow in no. case you haven't gathered, uh, but I'm not a huge fan of like the fruity ones. No, uh, some people obviously love them. For yeah. me, they that is it's too much like pop. Unless it's a raspberry one, the Stella Raspberry one, I still maintain these like tip tops and I can bang down about 10 seconds flat
1: and then but, you stand up and you fall over oh no no it's popping it. it doesn't count <laughs> no so um, before I segue you into cider and how Thatcher's haze is way better than Thatcher's gold um, I like both amen um, <laughs> I went to a conference and when I was 18 in Edinburgh with my parents one summer i just turned 18 Um, and I couldn't go to the conference, the computer conference. It sounded really boring. (laughs) And so instead I went to this back then just starting to become really hipster place called Brewdog. And at eighteen The
0: dreaded B word.
1: Yeah, no. And I know that and I know it's very polarizing now, but I turned up there at 18, um, and it was back before smartphones were decent, so there weren't like you couldn't like, you know, sit there and play on your phone all day. I bought a copy of the paper, Chris. At eighteen. <laughs> an eighteen year old girl sat in a one of the in, first, in a craft
0: beer place in, yeah, in the middle of Scotland.
1: In the middle of Edinburgh. Paper. Edinburgh's old town. Beautiful place, by the way. Um so I went there for two days, ate their food, and drank their beer and once you've drank their hardcore ipa which was awesome but it was also i think back then about 10 percent <laughs> um and obviously they only sell it by the half or the third yeah, yeah. and once you've got the taste for that anything else <laughs> just tastes like you know squash so beer squash in equivalent so that's how i Gave myself the taste over two or three days for beer, <laughs> came back, and the last thing that I that I needed to crack was Guinness. But then I joined a rugby club, and then I cracked Guinness.
0: See, Guinness isn't very much a uh, a beer. I'm not a massive fan of stouts are just for me just too pairing. I liked them when I was younger, but yeah, it's just not. It's one of those drinks that you for me you drink. Because of the situation you're in rather than wanting to have the drink. Me personally. Yeah. Obviously, some people like it, you know, some people yeah. know, absolutely love it, but for me, that you should never, a yeah. I will ever go to.
1: You don't think, oh, I fancy a stout because I want to feel full after two beers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Saying that though, the uh, old Guinness with tea Maria in the bottom is quite nice. It tastes like a coffee milkshake, but then again, after four, your legs don't work, so. Mm. But, each their own, mind you, nowadays with all the craft beers and stuff, you can get like the Imperial Stouts. Have you had one of those yet?
1: I think that was what this um, dog one oh, was meant Imperial to be. Stout. I'm not sure.
0: Well, I think I've probably got one, so I'll give one to take home. Um, Th- thanks, Chris. <laughs> but yeah, they're interesting. They're an acquired taste. Some people, again, love them. Depends on whether you're a massive Stout fan. If you like that yeah. kind of bitterness, dark chocolate kind mm. of flavours, coffee profile. Yeah. I can tolerate some of them, but the imperial one to me just that step too far. Drink don't, don't it really and go mind. to sleep
1: with a full belly. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: yeah, I mean, like I said before, like uh, Brewdog is very much a polarizing thing at the moment, and I, I cannot stress how much it is absolutely pissing me off on all the beer circles online where you got all these people who want to be the like you know little beer warriors is like, oh yeah, look, Brewdog are really bad, blah blah blah. You tell me a big company that hasn't made mistakes. I'm not a massive BrewDog fan. as I've said many times, if anything, I think the beers are actually overrated and I think the bloke around you is a bit of a twat. But at the end of the day, they are a easy introduction for any kind of craft beer for people who want to get into it. Absolutely. The mainstream, it's easily accessible. And some of the beers are all right. Some of them are crap. Same as every other company in the world. But can we just let it go? Just... Yeah. Focus on the beer. I don't need a martyr. Let's just enjoy what keep, we're supposed keep to do. Keep
1: politics out of beer.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, politics and beer are two things that should never, ever go together. Um, right. So, yeah, that's your how you got into craft beer. So, what we'll do now is we'll quickly move on to the Peter Falk for this episode. So, the Peter Falk is from Salt Air Brewery and it's called... Polarity. So this is a black IPA. Um, I've had a black IPA before, have you?
1: Yes, I think so.
0: Okay, that's a good start then. So I'm not a massive fan of them, hence waiting in the uh, more <laughs> curious section. With 6.2% in vol- volume, uh, it's brewed just outside of Bradford, I believe. Complex, hoppy and rich. That is literally the full analogy. These are kind of halfway in between like a IPA and a stout in my general opinion. So, are you pick any aroma up at all? It's kind of like... It's a little bit of hops, but a little bit of chocolate, I'd say.
1: Yeah.
0: Probably the best way to analyse it. Yeah. Would you, would you agree?
1: Definitely. I want to get stuck <laughs> into it now, though. Well, on, although, of- although complex, hoppy and rich, that's almost describing you, isn't it?
0: Um, complex, no. Thick as two short planks. Uh, rich, definitely not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Hoppy, I drink enough to be hoppy, so I suppose that's accurate. What's your take?
1: Is this meant to be the one that you don't like?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: Yes, I like that.
0: Okay, so why do you like it? What are your flavour profiles are you picking up?
1: Um, I like the darkness. It's not super rich. The band? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, I've missed you, <laughs> mate.
0: Um, yeah, so what I'm noticing is you get a... Distinct hoppiness at the start.
1: Mm.
0: Not particularly overpowering. I will. I, no. It's not uh, one of those ones where it's just like, there's so much hop, it's like a smack in the face. I would, it's kind of a normal IPA amount of hops at the start. A little bit more of the aftertaste, similar to like a porter yeah. or a stout. That kind of where you get from the grain... Yeah, the, the dark kind of chocolatey flavours to it. Um, but again, not massively overpowering either. No. So if you are a Stout fan or an IPA fan, I think that actually that one would be quite enjoyable. Um, there's no real other aspects of the beer I'm picking up apart from those two. Would you say that that was a fair analysis?
1: It's that kind of thing with dark beers. Is it chocolate? Is it coffee? I'm not sure, but it's i it was more
0: chocolatey one. That mm. one, personally, that's the probably the mm. Earl flavour I am picking up mm. with the hops at the beginning. Though I say just giving that little bit of little bit of complexity, but not so much that it's confused. No, I'd say that was actually quite a pleasant. Has
1: that black surprised
0: IPA? you? Yeah, I say the last the last few black IPAs I've had, I've absolutely hated. Mm. Actually, I found that one quite pleasant.
1: <laughs> pleasant, that's quite pleasant That's You're almost being nice You're trying to Well,
0: you, as you're fully aware I don't like to be too nice Because people might expect it all the time So yeah. I'll just stick to what I know Be offensive <laughs> and, you know See who sticks around at the end so. And
1: I'm still here mate, I'm still here <laughs> But yeah, I I really like that <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's just going to roast me This whole thing for saying it's What the, do you like uh, about it? It's
0: the top-notch analysis that i'm getting of all my guests i mean, yeah <laughs> I mean, the last guest i had was kev who's you know head brewer at four chaps brewery um his analysis yeah that's nice that yeah
1: yeah
0: well at least top quality analysis at
1: least i've got an excuse i don't work in beer so you know i'm just here i'm just here for the ride
0: hey, Pardon?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow thanks thanks mate uh
0: you line it up. I'm going to knock it down. Right. So that was the polarity from salt air. Actually, quite pleasant and more enjoyable. Maybe just because of the, the time of year with the uh, you know the cold mornings and the, the dark evenings. Maybe that's the reason why it's working. But
1: mm.
0: I think it's worth a bash.
1: It's a fair. It's a fair six point two percent as well. You know, you
0: it doesn't taste that strong, does it? No. So again, a bit dangerous. Right. <laughs> so. As you've said before, me and you have known each other for quite some time. Is it six,
1: seven years now? Probably. Yeah. I should have done that research, shouldn't I?
0: Quite some time, really. How long have I
1: had the unfortunate pleasure of knowing Chris? (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, we actually started working together in a particular game shop. Computer games, not uh, Warhammer or any of the other stuff. Um, Yeah, and you're quite into your gaming still, aren't you?
1: I am, yes, Chris, because I don't have a life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, I remember the good old days when I could play games. Now I get to watch CBeebies all day, which is top quality viewing.
1: Yeah. The the switch from, you know, Destiny to Hey Dougie must be quite <laughs> cutting.
0: <laughs> hey, it was Division before I went to Hey Dougie, But uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a drop in the, uh, the yeah. level of violence, shall we say.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, when we worked in our video game establishment,
0: that's um, no longer there.
1: Yeah, a, a real shame. Actually, um, we made some really good memories there. Uh, Chris taught me how to sell, <laughs> which was which is a skill that I've continued to use um, even as my manager. I walked in on the first day, and I th- and I heard about this guy that was meant to be um, this big scary manager coming from a different store and I'll be honest me and my colleagues were bricking ourselves um but when he came we kind of tried to suss each other out and once <laughs> I determined that he was into the rugby and we could talk about rugby which I'm sure we will do later in this podcast um we basically bonded there and then and I <laughs> pretty would pretty <laughs> much um and we seemed to have the same sense of humor we were both pretty self-deprecating and be done
0: it's the true British way.
1: And from then on, we sold a lot of games. And as you've said, I still am involved in games a bit um, because nobody these days, no millennial has just one job these days. So um, I actually do a little bit, a fledgling step into video games journalism, as well as the the business that I run in uh, medical marketing. And that just keeps me in the industry a little bit, which is nice, yeah.
0: So what's your machine of choice?
1: My machine of choice. Um, I was one of those people who got a PlayStation 5.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: yeah, so, and classic me, I thought I'll stick with my PS4, but then all my friends had pre ordered one, and I just got into the hype, and <laughs> I actually managed to get one. Okay. Um, So, yeah, that's what I'm uh, running games on. There's still
0: quite a big problem with scalpers. Yeah,
1: the scalping is hideous, and it actually is quite sad when you think about parents and Christmas just gone. You know, the stock was coming in, and I just fear for the families that have paid well over the odds for a PlayStation at the end of the day because their kid must have it for Christmas.
0: Well, I... Am I right in assuming that the the reason why there's a delay with the manufacturing of PlayStation and Xbox is the same reason why there's a delay in manufacturing in cars? Because it's all about the same chips they use.
1: Yeah, it's it's the chips and the silicon that they can't get hold of, and it's affecting everything really. So, um, I like,
0: in the modern world, it's pretty much what the whole life revolves around,
1: isn't it? So. Unfortunately, we can't just go back to like bonfires and caves and stuff so yeah we rely I on it for everything Wow, well, yeah i mean you look like it a little bit you just need you just need to grow your hair out it's it's, it's coming <laughs>
0: yeah. it's a borderline mullet now it's, uh, a little
1: bit white though
0: i've been white for a long long time <laughs> probably since you're about four years old mate
1: <laughs> oh thanks dad um
0: i'm old enough <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, that's terrifying, isn't it? Just a bit. Why are we such good friends when <laughs> you are, you know... Because we're both
0: idiots, a so lot like rugby and beer.
1: Amen to that. <laughs> and, you know, you did at one point play The Division and other games with me, but, you know...
0: Yeah, now I have to be sensible now, so... Yeah. I did buy a Switch for Christmas, though. Oh, did a, you? As a family present, yeah. Did you?
1: And what have you been enjoying on your Switch?
0: Um, so we've got one of the bundles where you had, like, Mario Kart, because... My son's three years old, so he hasn't got the dexterity to actually play, but wants to play, so...
1: Yeah. Mario
0: Karts. Mario Karts, because quite simple, and, like, Mario Party, you know, it's the things that you'd have a Nintendo for.
1: Perfect. You know,
0: um, bought him, like, a, a normal Mario game, which was you can play as two player, which is quite infuriating because he kill he keeps on killing himself off the side and then ruins all your lives. So when you actually like die, then you have to start all the like, way back at the beginning, which is not frustrating in the slightest. But he thinks it's hilarious. So,
1: well, you know, he's obviously going to go down. Uh, the games route and slowly but surely you'll just get to beat him at stuff <laughs> which I'm sure you're really looking forward to Chris of course
0: at the moment we play fair but when he gets old enough <laughs> he understands then it's a fair game So, <laughs> uh,
1: I love Mario Kart though Mario Kart's one of those games that even my mum shout out to Mrs B absolutely <laughs> will play at Christmas um, and will get involved with um, so yeah I think we should have some joint family Mario Kart Carnage because you can actually link two switches together. Yeah. I I know eight that, player yeah. Mario Kart and I will destroy you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably I'm actually not that very good at Mario Kart. Um to be fair, we kinda of bought those for him. well I say we me. Because yeah you know, my wife said we definitely couldn't afford one so I bought one anyway. Um, that's
1: just a challenge for you, exactly. isn't it? Red rag to a ball.
0: It's the typical male thing. You tell me I can't do it and I want to do it so, we're all the same. We're all wired exactly the same. Anybody think, who says, no, we're not, completely lying. Um, but then me and my wife tend to play uh, like the Lego games, so at the moment we're going through Lego Marvel Superheroes too. Perfect. So, yeah, just one of the ones you can jump on, play for an hour, come on, you have done remod, it just yeah. mind, occupies the mind, but not too challenging that you can't go to sleep.
1: It's not stressing you out. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's fun without getting too tilted, which is what I get when I play games like... Tilted? Yeah.
0: Is this a, a new modern term? Oh, or sorry, uh, Down with the kids.
1: Um, tilted is a term for getting angry at games, and our mutual friend um, Nile is a great example <laughs> of this.
0: No, he's just a very angry man.
1: Yeah, but then you play FIFA with him and... Tilted means that when you're getting annoyed at a game because it's not going right, and then you get worse at the game, and then you get right, angry, okay. and it's just like a negative a self-perpetuating cycle like yeah. that goes around So, right, okay. um, yeah, getting I get quite angry at some games still, but that's probably because my Wi-Fi is crap rather than I'm <laughs> crap. Um,
0: is that what you tell yourself?
1: Yes, that is what I tell myself. <laughs>
0: Hey, I've got cable internet here, which is utterly horrendous, and I cannot wait to swap.
1: Cable internet? Yeah. Is that a thing still? Yeah. The old Virgin Media. Well, there you go.
0: It's, uh, I don't like plugging them because I hate them. But, yeah, well, I can't wait to swap because since I've actually had that package, uh, they've now installed the fibre to the home so I can get up to 900 meg straight to my house. So that's what I'm going on when uh,
1: when that contract when up. that contract's finished. Nine hundred meg, you'll have to get back into games,
0: or I can stream Hey Dougie in really high quality.
1: Oh man, you'll be able to like see. Nobody thought Dougie had individual pieces of hair, but on that internet, you can see every fiber.
0: Well, as long as that's all I can see, um, you know. So there's something strange about a, uh, a scoutmaster that keeps on hugging the children. Just saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are you laughing at?
1: You. You, know you just what? make everything... Weird. Weird. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. my sole intention. And that's probably why I've stuck around, to be honest, Chris, <laughs> after hey, all these years. it might be
0: strange, but it's never boring. Right. I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Polarity from uh, Soltaire, which is a black IPA. Very enjoyable, very pleasant. Uh... Not surprising if you're not really into those type of beers, I'd definitely recommend you give that a bash because it has got something slightly different to it. Mm. Uh, right, so the around the world for this episode is from Pohala, which is Estonian. Uh, I've had a couple of their beers on the podcast previously. Never had this one though. So this is Suvilla, which is a Session IPA. So Session IPAs, do you, do you know the difference with the Session IPAs or...
1: I don't know the technical difference, but I take the word session and I think you can drink lots of this.
0: Basically, session IPA <laughs> has basically become the buzzword for a weaker IPA that you can drink more of. Perfect. That's literally all. Yeah. It's kind. Of, that's basically what's pigeon sold, like pigeon hold itself as from all the different. I don't based- think that was originally the actual case. Is that
1: based just on the strength then?
0: Nowadays, yeah. I don't think it was necessarily the thing. I think actually, session originally started off more a case of like more delicate flavors rather than the big hitters, so you could drink more of them. Yeah. But now it's pretty much if it's kind of like less than five percent, it will generally get marketed as a session IPA rather than yeah a normal IPA. It's just the way that certain brewers, certain brewers have done it, so everyone else has jumped on the bandwagon.
1: Yeah.
0: I know a lot of people like who were into craft beer from early on get very annoyed at the fact that that's the way the Session IPAs have gone because that was never the original thing. But you have to move with the times. Yeah. This is what Unfortunately,
1: it is. language evolves.
0: Exactly. So I'll let you have a bit of a swig while I try and attempt to talk through an Estonian can. So a hazy double-dropped Session IPA. Dub- Double-dry hopped? Oh, I didn't know that. So Session IPA brewed with juicy citra and mosaic hops. So those are probably the two biggest buzz hops that... You- Uh, in every kind of beer at the moment. So Citroën, Mosaic, the majority of craft beers, I would say, will have one, if not both of those, Mm. in. if you give them a try. What's your kind of assessment of it?
1: Refreshing and hoppy in the face.
0: (laughs) Refreshing and hoppy in the face?
1: Yeah. And...
0: (laughs) What do you mean by in the face?
1: Like... The last one, when you said, like, it's not too hoppy, this one's like, okay, hello hops. Yeah. Um, and it almost leaves that kind of classic IPA, you can taste it in your mouth long after you have started to digest the Estonian (laughs) beverage, um... I'm really glad that you didn't like put an accent on when you did that. When I, why, when <laughs> why
0: would I put an accent on? Like nowadays, mate, if I did something like that, they'd like you know, shoot yeah. me at You'd dawn. be cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. They cancel everything nowadays. But um, yeah, with the basically what I said about the session IPA, where it's generally just weaker mm. IPA, I would say this is probably more traditional.
1: Yeah.
0: Because it may only be 3.8% but that does not taste like a weak-flavoured beer. You get the citrus punch from the Citra, the normal kind of bitterness you get from the mosaic in the aftertaste. It's very punchy. Mm. Yes, it's light, but with double-dry hotness as well, it's got plenty of flavour, and actually, if I'm honest, I would say that was, on flavour profile, I'd say that was stronger than the polarity on the alcohol volume, which is actually nowhere near.
1: That was that was going to be the only intelligent beer comment that I made all evening, and you've just made it, saying, <laughs> you know, this this really is punching above its weight compared to the last beer, which was 6.2% and didn't taste like it. So, yeah, thanks, Chris.
0: You are most welcome. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's actually... The only thing it hasn't got is probably that slight little... You know the alcoholic burn that you get like with the, some of the stronger beers? Mm. That's probably the only thing that really identifies it as more of a session IPA as opposed to a normal one because you haven't got that extra bit of bite yeah. at the end of it. But I think that is absolutely stunning. I bit think that's really, really pleasant.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan of that as well. Um, and it's a shame that I can't sit and neck a load of beers tonight <laughs> and you're getting most of the extras.
0: Exactly. It's got to be done. But... Um, Perks of the job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a uh, pahala. Um, Sue Villa is the actual beer. Very, very pleasant. Quite and I'm actually looking forward to going buy some more of them because I think that's really nice. Yeah. Right. Shall we talk about a bit of sportage?
1: Absolutely, so, we shall.
0: Obviously, we are very, very big rugby fans. Um, we're going to rugby again in a couple of weeks, which I'm excited for again. Um... Right around the corner, Six Nations. Teams have been announced. What's your thoughts on the teams?
1: So, as a Leicester Tigers season ticket holder, and I have watched some dross Leicester Tigers (laughs) teams over the last few years, but there's been a bit of a revolution at our club. And to see the form fly half in George Ford not selected for the uh, Englands again... um, is he now out of England? You know, he's 28. Ooh. Has Eddie Jones just decided, No, nah, he's not playing for us? It... Leicester's gain is England's loss, you know. It's nice that when you come to the match with me in a few weeks that we'll get to see him instead of him being at camp. But you just wonder what's going through the selector's heads sometimes.
0: If I'm honest... Um... George Ford at the moment is probably the one of, if not the top fly half in the Gallagher Premiership, in my personal opinion. The only other one really in the same kind of league, in my opinion, is Marcus Smith from Quinns. Yeah. Um, They're both absolutely flying high with their game and it doesn't make you wonder is he sticking with Owen Farrell solely because he selected him as captain and he's not willing to drop him i have mentioned previously when we talked about it like when it comes to Eddie Jones and his tactics he does have a particular set idea in his head and when when it works that's completely fine when his plan falls apart he has absolutely zero plan b and can't adapt yeah so it clearly he's got a bigger picture in his mind the question is what, what is the actual thought process really in my opinion
1: yeah it's it's tricky to know but and on the flip side of that I'm delighted to see some younger players from Leicester through the coaching of Steve Borthwick that have been brought up um, Ollie Chessom Ginger Beast is <laughs> um, going to at least go to training camp whether they let them have the full um the fault camp team f- available for the six nations because with injuries and with covid you just think you need to have a bigger team. He didn't get that in the last six nations and the last six nations was quite depressing to be honest yeah. as an England fan. Um but I'm glad that Ollie Chessum's there obviously Ellis Genge is there um Ben Youngs which he still gets a loads and loads of hate but he just does the kind of nitty gritty work.
0: I don't understand why he gets so much hate. Really, I mean, because to be honest, he made that that number nine role his, and I think that's like, <coughs> arguably that's probably where England's biggest weak area is. Where does the nine game go once Ben Youngs actually packs it in? Because for me, we haven't really got many young up and coming scrubs that really drag the attention Do you know Yeah, what I
1: mean? we there isn't many showstoppers where you've got obviously Marcus Smith at 10 who's going to take the world by storm <clears throat> Freddie Stewart at full back or he can play on the wings taking the world yeah. by storm we've got loads of young back rowers um, probably hopefully again as a very very biased Leicester fan <laughs> Jack Van Portfleet will take that role from Young's eventually but again Eddie's not had a look at him he's in, I still think he's in 20s so we won't see him for a while, but hopefully Eddie can but eventually not, leave.
0: But not even just on the Leicester scale. I mean, as a if you look across the whole country and like at the nine no yeah. position, for me that is the one position that generally yeah. causes me concern. Um, I mean, obviously we are talking very biasly towards like the England camps, but that's yeah, generally because you know we are big England fans and we do follow them quite a lot. Some of the other teams, I mean, at the moment, I mean, France have got the exact opposite, really. Yeah. Antoine Dupont is like...
1: A showstopper.
0: Absolutely amazing. Like, young scrum-off, whole career ahead of him. Terrifying to watch. Because how do you stop him? I
1: mean, no, it,
0: it, I, it, it, I think he's absolutely amazing to watch. He's a fantastic player.
1: I will be very, very surprised if France don't win the Six Nations. That's my early prediction there. I agree. Um... They they have just got... They're riddled with talent. Everybody's coming into the peak. I'd like... You know, we've got World Cup next year. Can't believe it's 2022. We've got oh, World yeah. Cup next year. And <laughs> France have got to be up there again. Unless they bottle it, which...
0: That's the only thing about the French rugby side. It can be steeped in talent. If there's any disharmony, the whole thing falls apart. So, it's all about what mentality they bring to the games and also if they have a challenging game, how do they get over that rather than imploding? Yeah. I think that's that's the big key. But at the moment, yeah, I think it's very hard to argue with France winning the whole lot.
1: Yeah. Can't, can't, I can see Ireland having a pop. Um, can't see Wales doing anything. Sorry, Wales. Um, <laughs> obviously the wooden spoon will go to Italy. Probably, and but then Scotland are flying. I mean, Glasgow. I'll say to you first,
0: Scotland have actually got for me. If anything, Scotland are the one that's massively on the rise, and yeah. Wales is the one that's kind of teetering off at the moment. They kind of they're going through that generational Change. switch. Yeah. So you kind of expect them to probably not do much for a couple of years. But however, when these young kids do start to come through a bit more, I think they'll have another surge again.
1: Yeah, I mean, they always do, don't they? They ain't got a lot else to do, have they? Um, (laughs) Sorry, Wales. Um, My best friend's Welsh, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Isn't that what all haters
0: say? Yeah, Um, pretty much.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, Scotland in the, uh, what is it now, the United Rugby Championship, which is like... The Pro 12 plus South Africa.
0: Was is it Pro 12, Pro 14, No, South Africa? Yeah. So it's essentially the United Rugby Championship. It was originally the Celtic League, was it?
1: Yeah.
0: So it was originally um, basically Wales, Ireland, Scotland. Then they added a couple of Italian teams and then they've added four former Super Rugby Franchises, clubs from South Africa yeah. uh, because, of South Af- because they've decided to step away from Super Rugby because... Well, they kind of said it was around like the, some of the COVID issues, but I think it was on the cards anyway, if I'm completely yeah. honest. I think they just. Because the amount of times it's been mentioned that South Africa being potentially drawn into the Six Nations.
1: Yeah. Please no. I hope not. Oh I really my hope God, not. they're so good.
0: <laughs> but it's one of them ones that. Yes, actually, it would actually help develop our teams because you're playing yeah. on a more regular basis. However, it kind of. Nullifies the whole Northern Hemisphere Championship versus the Southern Hemisphere Championship, and then obviously the World Cup is the big fanfare because yeah. you don't get to play each other that much. Yeah. For me, that's the thing that makes it that little bit special. Yeah. So that's the reason why I don't want them to join. Yeah. As I, if if you're thinking about talent wise, and if you want to beat the best, you've got to play them on a regular basis. That way it actually makes sense for them to join the championship. But I would rather it stay as is, or if anything. Maybe bring in another country, such as the likes of like Georgia. Yeah. You know, the ones are on the cusp of wanting to get better but haven't got an opportunity. Well,
1: world rugby are always talking about that, aren't they? Yeah. Maybe relegate from the Six Nations, go into the Tier 2 Nations, the Northern Hemisphere ones, and bring someone up and spice it <clears> up. And I would like to see that personally, whether politically... It's always politics and money, isn't it, in sport these days, unfortunately. Mainly money. Mainly money. Whether that can happen, um, I don't know. But yeah, Scotland are my dark horse as well because Edinburgh and Glasgow are smashing through this URC. So um, who knows? They've got a real golden generation.
0: Well, I think Scotland are going to be exciting for the next kind of five years. The biggest interest will be beyond those five years to see whether they've developed enough of their youth to help carry them forward with yeah. that or whether they did the what they did Previously, and keep those key players in those positions, and by the time it comes to that, they're cropped or don't want to do it anymore. There's no one to fill in the gaps. Yeah, that will be the interesting part with Scotland. But at the moment, it's an exciting time, team to watch. So. Why not really? It's
1: going to be a good Six Nations. It's going to be a particularly boozy Six Nations for me. I think <laughs> I shall hopefully every, see a
0: every Six couple. Nations is boozy for me. So realistically, it makes very little difference.
1: I think we need more of an excuse this time.
0: <laughs> well, we've also got the uh, all the NFLs in the playoffs as well, isn't it? So like that kind of section. So there's excuses to drink beer on a Saturday afternoon an excuse to drink beer on a Sunday evening. So, overall, I think it's a win-win scenario.
1: It is indeed. It is indeed. Although, I love American football, but staying up at 1am trying to watch Packers in the playoffs. Thanks for getting me into the Packers, by the way, Chris. (laughs) Um, Emotional turmoil, but for now, it's all right. Um,
0: I mean, we haven't got to worry until we get to the NFC Championship game, which we always lose. But, um, yeah, it's... Real punditry. (laughs) Straight Factual. to the point. Factual. Um, <laughs> something actually changed the Wikipedia entry last year after we lost in it. So uh, it's like, uh, what is it? The NFC Championship game is where uh, one team from the NFC gets a chance to beat the Green Bay Packers in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. So, honestly, uh, so there's with the whole NFL. Yes, it can get really late. I booked the two days off work after the uh, Super Bowl for this year, just so I have got a bit more. Recovery time with the two kids. Um, <laughs> but I, it's just so much fun. You know yeah. what I, mean? I I enjoy it. We make an event of it. We loads of beer. Loads of really bad food. Banging.
1: Honestly, beer, chicken wings and American sport is pretty much...
0: Chicken wings and brisket. It's all you need.
1: Happy place, isn't it?
0: Mm. Last and, time, I think uh, I actually cooked a brisket and did all the proper chicken mm-hmm. wings. And, like made it all myself. It's beautiful.
1: You put effort in.
0: Oh, yeah. Loads. <laughs> You wait till I follow up Jacinta so I can get the uh, the brisket on the go. Um,
1: Jacinta's the barbecue bar. I, right. am, I am looking forward to uh, summers here. <laughs> um, although, maybe not with how much beer I end up drinking and making a bit of a clown of myself. I mean, that's what with. I do anyway. That's part
0: of the fun. <laughs> right, so, uh, Suvilla from Pohala was the, uh, around the world, very, very favoursome and very, very tasty for a session IPA. Right, moving on to the wild card, and it is looking wild. So, this one is from Guelo, and it is a rainbow sherbet sour. So, I've seen this reviewed by loads of different people on Instagram, or beerstagram. Um, I'll let you have a nose and a swig while i read through. So, Guelo is a Cantonese term meaning ghost chap. Cantonese slang term used to de- describe foreign settlers in Canton in the 16th century. Uh, an affectionate slang term used to describe foreigners in Hong Kong. Exceptional craft beer, born in Hong Kong, brewed with the talent, expertise and all above modesty. You can take the guaylo out of Hong Kong, but you can't take the Hong Kong out of the guaylo. Well, that last bit was a bit cheesy and I'm not going to lie, it's mildly annoyed me a little bit. But I do believe this is actually brewed in the UK rather than Hong Kong. I can't seem to find it on the uh, the label anywhere. No, I've got a clue. But yeah, so this rainbow sherbet sour takes you on an intriguing journey through sweetened sour, raspberry puree, lemon zest, and the kettle sour base combined to deliver a sharp tongue, which is nicely balanced with a sweet, satisfying body. Best enjoyed with fruity sour lace sweets from your childhood. Apparently, explains the can.
1: Did so, you bring me any sweets?
0: No. Did you bring me any sweets? No, I bought the beer.
1: Ah, uh, next time. <laughs> if you invite me back, although you no, know, no, thought right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ooh. the smell of it. Trying the smell reminds me of refreshers, not mm. the lemon chewy bar, but you remember the the powdery refreshers, the little cabinet yeah. one. It smells like that. Mm, what's it taste like?
1: It smells absolutely nothing like beer.
0: Have you not had a swig after I was going through all that?
1: No, I have. But I actually quite like that. Because I don't usually like a sour IPA, but in a strange way. It's
0: not an IPA to a sour. A
1: sour. Did I say sour IPA? You did. Sack me. Um I <laughs> if don't. I was playing, you're a wood. I don't usually like a sour beer, but that is just... Can I, can I describe a beer as fun?
0: <laughs> if you wish.
1: That is a fun drink. I think. I what,
0: why is it fun? What makes it fun? That's. That, I think that's the, the key element. What? What part do you making fun? Oh, the old uh, internet <laughs> ladies talking to us.
1: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like super tangy, um, like drinking a liquid bag of sweets.
0: <laughs> so I, as I drink it. But one thing that actually is surprising for it is very low on the carbonation so it's actually not that fizzy um, do get the raspberry which I, I think actually adds a nice element to it, a little bit of sharpness from the lemon which is kind of with the Berliner Weiss style it always has a lemony tinge anyway so it kind of makes sense that you would put those two together because raspberry and lemon work well anyway so that works quite nicely and it's quite smooth on the aftertaste it's not too strong and I think that's where it helps it. Yeah. Because the one thing with sour beers, for me personally, is if they make them too strong in alcoholic volume, that's when they start turning nasty. Yeah. So this is 4.5%, and I'd probably say that's as high as it really should go. It shouldn't go any higher than that. And I think it just, it does actually work quite nicely. It's a very pleasant drink. I've had a few sours recently, and actually, they've been rather pleasant but it depends on I think the biggest difference is the strength because if they if they're making it strong alcoholic volume they then tend to throw in extra flavours to try and compensate for it and that's when it starts turning horrible in my opinion
1: because when a sour beer usually makes you your face yeah. melt of sour like you know you get those super sour sweets yeah. um, that's when I'm just really not into sour beers um but no. yeah, this is actually... I was When I looked at that and I looked at the can and I just thought, oh no. I may spit this out. We don't spit on this podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but no, I'm actually very pleasantly surprised.
0: It, it I, is far more enjoyable. and I think it also helps that they've limited it to just the two flavours. I think Eddie Moore would have been overly complex for it. And again, that's where the confusion kind of comes in. Um... We had, like, I think it was Tone Burst, which was, I think it was Drygate. They did a rhubarb um, Berliner voice, and that was absolutely beautiful. I thought I'd hate it, but actually that was really, really stunning. And some of the others I've had as well. So I think the biggest thing, if you're going to try a sewer, it has to be look at the alcoholic volume before you try. And if you're not massively to sewers, don't go for a stronger one. That's that's the only advice I can really say some people love the extra strong ones but for me no I, I, that there's enough there for the sonus, but enough to keep it pleasant rather than just making a statement would you agree?
1: I would agree, sorry I did a little internal burp there
0: it wasn't internal, we heard it <laughs> uh, right so we are coming to that time of the podcast addicts and as you are the guest oh. you have the fun job of picking your order, so we go fourth, third, second, first, and explain your reasoning of why.
1: Wow. Okay, that's a little on the spot. Let's go.
0: It's do almost like I gave you a show proposal. I, prepared, <laughs> you for this.
1: I definitely didn't read that this morning as well. Just to remind myself, <laughs> um, do you want me to go with worst to best, best to worst? What's your preference? Worst to best. Worst to best. Okay. Have you
0: listened to the podcast, Alex? Oh, no, you get to 25 minutes in because that's your commute and then you stop listening, don't you? I'm really sorry <laughs> about that. Um, we well, not I, as sorry as uh, now.
1: <laughs> I, I like them all, so I'm going to put the sour fourth. Okay. Because if you were to offer me your fridge and there were these four in there, that would probably be the one I'm less likely to grab. Okay. Because I just think, if I want to drink a beer, I don't often want to drink a sour beer. Okay, fair
0: enough.
1: Next, I'm going to put, pronounce that for me. Pohalla. Pohalla, so that I'm not, you know, getting cancelled myself. (laughs) Um, I don't so much dislike that as I love the other two a lot more. Okay. And... Can I do joint first, or is no, that no? no. no. Oh, we don't. We don't, sit we don't on the the fence. do joint. F- we don't sit on the fence here. Um,
0: you get splinters on your arse cheeks.
1: Okay, so next is the Black IPA Polarity, which was super super tasty. But as a as an IPL virgin, and honestly, IPL is actually a category of beer that craft beer that I didn't know existed, and now that I know that it existed, I want to drink all of it. Sorry about that. Um you've you've broadened my horizons. It's right up my street. It's like you get that lagerness, which I drink a lot of lager because I'm a rugby player and, oh, it's easy. That's yeah, why people drink them. Delicious. But also it's a bit more complex. And yeah, for that reason, shout out to Beaver Town Crossover with Worldwide FM. Um Putting the one first that you can't actually seem to get hold of as easily is classic me, to be honest. But yeah, that that is a winner. And I wish I could drink the rest of the can, but I've got to drive.
0: I think the IPL is um, a very underrated category of beer. But again, I think it's awareness. A lot of people just don't even know it exists. So, right. So, my order in... Before I start... I agree with you as well. All four beers are very pleasant, very enjoyable and I would actually drink all four of them again. Sometimes you do try and be like oh, I would never have that one again, but actually <laughs> all four of these have actually been It's an su- experience. Surprisingly pleasant. But in fourth place, I'm going to put the polarity black IPA first one I've actually ever enjoyed. And I really would have it again, but in comparison with the other beers, mm. For me, that's probably the least likely I would go to buy. Uh, in third place, I'm going to go for the Guaylo. The Rainbow Sherbet sower Again, very nicely like balanced. Very pleasant to drink. Very palatable. But I, you have to be in the mood for a sour for me personally. You know, I have to... I want, I want that refreshingness rather than something that's easy drinking or something that's big-hitting. So that's the reason why that has gone into third place. I'm going to put the Bohemian IPL in second. I love that beer. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I think they need to do it far more regularly. Um, for sure. Because it's just a really, really tasty beer, and it can't be that difficult to make, really, if you've got all the equipment for an IPA. Just leave it to brew for longer. So. But yeah, the uh, Suvilla from Pohalla, it might be a session IPA, but it did not taste weak on any flavour profile, I thought it was nicely balanced, easy drinkable, pretty spot on really.
1: All bangers, and you have made your order ex- completely different from mine, so that's a classic <laughs> us, really.
0: Oh yeah, that, it, that's the reason why I actually started this podcast in the first place, I mean, A, it was just an excuse to drink beer, but it's about bringing people into different beers that they didn't know existed you know i know that you have loads of beer recommendations because i'll send you loads so if you haven't still come across something even then it just it's bringing different scopes to different people sometimes people are going to absolutely love it and sometimes people are going to hate it but that's the whole point it's the enjoyment it's the discussion so yeah Well, thank you very much for joining me, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you very much for listening once again. And again, we are a monthly podcast now and there's different guests each time. So I will look forward to speaking to you in February. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye.